Hello and welcome to the Halftime Orange podcast with me, Brenton Weber. Today I'm speaking with Gregory Sanchez. Greg is the head of customer experience at American Exchange Group. He's based in New York City in Westchester and I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. Um, We talk about Black Friday. Um, We talk about the transformative nature of 2020 because, gosh, how can you not? Um, And we even cover things at the end that is the the stuff core to customer experience like peak end theory. Um, I'll put my teeth in and introduce you to the very wonderful Greg. Hello and welcome to the Halftime Orange podcast with me, Brenton Weber. Today I'm speaking with the head of customer experience at American Exchange Group, Greg Sanchez, all the way from Westchester, New York. Greg, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. It's great to have you here. I've been excited about our conversation since we spoke on Zoom maybe five days ago, six days ago, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, although it seems time has got a weird property to it this year. It does, man. It's either you got five days in one day or one day lasts a week. It's it's, it's insane. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and and you know, timestamp, we're in the beginning of December here um, yep. when we recorded yes, we this. Um, Christmas is coming. It's been the end of one heck of a year for everybody. Yeah. We've, we've literally just come out of Black Friday, Thanksgiving, where you are. Happy Thanksgiving, belatedly. Hey. Um, did you Thank have you. a good time with it. your family? Oh, we did. We did. It was my son's second Thanksgiving. So as you know how little kids are, he hated everything that we put on his plate. And uh, (laughs) dad ate it after that. So it was pretty good. I got seconds when I didn't even ask for it. Yeah, yeah. The dad diet. I I know that very well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And how was, um, well, before we get on to Black Friday, I know you. We've spoken now um, at length, but my listeners haven't. So would you like to introduce yourself and a little bit about yourself and what you're up to these days, you know, why we're talking? Absolutely. So I'm Greg. I'm 33 years old. I'm from New York. Um, Customer experience has been my passion for about 10 plus years, been in the industry for that long. A little background, it started with commercial real estate. I know that's a crazy segue into uh, customer experience, but... I promise you that's where I started. And um, yeah, it's been a wild ride. I've learned a lot. I've uh, I've seen the best and worst of customer experience, to tell you the truth, both working and, you know, using customer experience. I got some recent stories even from last night about some some customer experiences from major companies that, you know, was very, very poor. But that's mm. for another date and time. Um, uh, and yeah. <laughs> maybe. I, I'm, maybe. Uh, I might come back maybe, to that one. <laughs> we can feel free to. I'm happy to air them out. They really well, I think them. I think there's so much to be learned from all oh, mistakes. It really is. And it showed me just because I, I'm the head of customer experience at uh, where I work at American Exchange Group. Um, and it showed me that, you know, the bar that I have for my team must be, you know, a lot higher than what some of these major companies are. I have never been so frustrated the past last night and this morning dealing with these major companies, customer experience teams, because they just treated me as if I was on a live chat. You know, when you're on the you're on the website and you're supposed to get quick answers right away for 45 minutes talking to this person. And they were taking probably six to seven minutes in between each response. And I just, you know, I I was not satisfied. It was not a great customer experience. No. I did not enjoy it. And then, um, yeah, it was uh, 
It was bad and same this morning. I, I reached out to another live chat of another company, and uh, they just led me down a, a, a windy road with no answers and a lot of turns. And um, yeah, I didn't get my problem solved, so I have to go back and do it. So it's gonna be uh, it's oh, gonna be fun. It takes but, time, oh, which is man. which is time is of the essence. I think it's become even more valuable these days because yes. of the weird nature of it. Because it's 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 absolutely. It's a, Time has become a stressor in so many ways as yeah, well. So we've absolutely. been There's played just with and messed with. And like a lot of the decisions we're making are to save time, to give us time back exactly. in other areas. Exactly. And to, to see how inefficient they were, just to, it gave me a sense of, you know, I'm doing something right with my team. Uh, that's what it gave yeah. me to do. With all the yeah. frustration I experienced, it made me look take a look at my team and be like, my team is uh, my team's above par. Uh, I won't say they're amazing because I'm sure customers will have issues with everything. You know, customers always right. I say that elongated, but <laughs> nevertheless, you know, customers they come first. Their experience matters, and that's what matters most in customer experience. And their experience is, is real to them as well. Exactly, like. and and that's what I try to convey. I, I try to convey to my team like. Treat the every customer you, you you get to speak with as if it's a loved one or somebody that you care about because at the end of the day, they're reaching out to you because they have a problem. I want you guys to be the problem solvers. I don't want them to come away with, oh, this company doesn't care. I want every individual to know that the company cares about them and their specific issue, no matter how big or small it is. Um, if it's, you know, how, where do you find this or my my uh, my watch won't connect anywhere in between i need a refund i need a return everyone is treated equally and the best possible i if someone wants a return or a refund they will they get it immediately because that's a great experience who mm. wants to wait around for someone to try <laughs> to push off a refund not me i don't want to wait for that so if, if i'm not going to wait for that why should my customers wait for that oh my god this is so interesting to hear you say that because not we're having a bit of a day of recording a few back-to-back -back episodes, and I literally came away from a podcast recording where we were arguing this point, the fact that Amazon have now created this expectation of returns. They are a company that it's so easy to deal with. And, and, this, yep. and, and the conversation was how easy is it for companies to replicate that. They're making it too difficult for companies. I'll say, no, 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 it's not making it too difficult for companies. It's just got to be, you've just got to accept that that is the new bar that we're all being, we're all being um, measured on. Yeah, there's a new standard when it comes to, to you know, customer experience and when, when and in more in detail or drill down a bit, it, it's more along the lines of retention and the experience a customer has when they're leaving your company. If they can leave your company but still with a smile, they're not going to badmouth your company. They're not going to word of mouth negatively uh, comment about your your company. If they leave with a refund when they ask for it and it was a seamless process, they're going to say, while it didn't work for me, it may work for you. If they come away with an issue after issue and a, a prolonged refund or a return and all that, they're going to be spiteful. They're going to leave a bad review, and they have every right to. They, they're buying something from us. It's yeah. not something – it's, it's something we owe to them. They, they're choosing us over every other company. Why are we going to make the barrier to, to, to refunds or returns or anything something that, that's not you know, easygoing? They, they're already frustrated because they wasted money on something that they're not satisfied with. Yeah, Why and they may, have, they may not have been even aware of their own needs when they bought it. Exactly. And when it arrived, it doesn't quite fit. However, just because your company isn't needed now, 
doesn't mean that your company's not going to be needed with their ever-changing needs as it moves forward and with your changing product and service offerings. So it, exactly. it, it just so, seems crazy to me. It's like, it's like we're imagining there's an infinite number of people that we can talk to and those yeah. infinite people don't talk to each other. We can just treat them like they don't matter. It's weird. Yeah, it's it, so weird. It's like, it's like people don't believe that people will discuss and talk about whether it's a negative experience or a positive experience. And that that's why I try, like I mentioned previously, I try to make it seem like my, I try to emphasize the family aspect of my team, especially. I want my team to feel like a family. I don't, I, and, and in doing so, you kind of like, show that off in in the way that you treat your customers. If you have a family-like atmosphere internally, you're going to show that externally and you're going to treat customers as if they're normal human beings that are looking for help and they're and that's it's and you're there for them rather than just, you know, getting through a, a ticket and, and and letting it go and, and not caring and just solving it out because you're looking to hit a quota of how many tickets you get in a day. It, customer experience to me and, and, and moving forward should be about making a customer feel as if they are satisfied in every aspect of their journey with your company. From the second that they log onto your website to the second that they unbox their product, put it on them or, or turn it on or whatever it is and enjoy it. And if there's any issues in between, be the team, be the be the tool that, that remedies it for them, not makes it more challenging or puts up barriers to to get help because at the end of the day retention is, to me is the lifeblood of a growing company you can always get new customers it's the maintaining of the current customers and the old customers that you have which is the base of your company which is those the the foundation in which you can build off of what why do you think there's still so many companies well maybe there's there's companies maybe most companies realize how important retention is but why are there so few relatively that really focus on the retention side of things at the end of the day a plug in a bath is going to be more value to you long term than an extra tap and the reason being is because i think companies think in the short term and they see the numbers on a spreadsheet when it shows oh i've made these sales i've made these orders and i don't want to see money going out the window especially in times like, like during covid and anything like this Every every aspect of dollar earned it, it matters, you know. Every dollar of every dollar earned is something that can go go to you know either paying someone's salary, keeping someone employed, so on and so forth. You have to find a healthy medium that allows you to take that into consideration, but at the same time, you have to give back to the people that are that are your customer base. You have to because without that, you'll never grow. And if you can't be fair to them and you can't you know abide by I was. I, I always say you can maneuver through the guidelines. Now, they're not rules; they're guidelines. They're there to guide you to make the right decisions. But there's always maneuverability between them. Just make sure that you're always painting the company in the best light possible, while also making a great experience for the customer. So, you know, if someone say there's a 30 day uh, return policy, and they, you know, they're not satisfied with their product, it's been 45 days, blah blah blah. I'm going to give them a refund. I'm going to because I want their experience to end positively with my company, with my team. And if it's a one-time customer courtesy refund that you know gets somebody to, to have a different opinion of my company and my team, I'm willing to do that because at the end of the day, reviews and the way that people talk about your company can outweigh one sale, can outweigh one return. So 
it's it's really you have to weigh your options but at the same time you have to do what's best for the company and your and your customers at the same time which is usually if it's a return they get a refund and then they they speak positively about your company moving forward yeah i think companies need to start thinking that literally happy customers are the best investment yeah. for a company like we've talked we talked before we press record um another another person that's seeing this five-year jump in yeah. the way that people are doing business and the way that they're embracing digital transformation and the way that they're seeing it. It almost used to be in the olden days, <laughs> pre-COVID in the olden days, under yes. the old business rules. Completely different kind of We could kind of spend a year working out whether our strategies were going to be working and we could meander from quarter to quarter and think, oh, well, we've got last year's Black Friday to, to look at and, you know, it's just a moment in time here now. All of that's changed like every single week, every single month for companies. This is the same as a quarter because the changes are happening. We're having to see whether or not there is a return on the investment of time and effort into these places much quicker. We're having to fail quicker if we're going to fail as well. Um, how have you – how do you see the, the general – business community keeping up with this it's tough man um you know that while my while my realm is customer experience and i could tell you what the what the future looks like there for companies to maintain you know their customer base and to keep you know to keep their employees employed while also creating new products and making sales you need to keep up with the times you need to adapt on the fly you need to be able to to be receptive of, of new ideas and implement them just as fast. You need to make sure that you have the structure within your department and within your company to be able to do so. You need to, you know, have internal developers, have have people that are there that can move on the fly to to adjust and change and and see the and see where the trends are going so you can get there before other people. So you, you're not last to join. I don't. I can't tell you how companies will do it. I wish I could. I'd be, you know, I'd be in a lot different of an industry if I could tell you how companies could do it. But for CX, especially, uh, the way that I view the future of it is, is provide the customer with as much information in front of them, without them having to reach out to you, without without them having to wait for a response. My my idea, my ideal CX department is going to be more focused on self service, just because a, a, as a customer, I, I'm a, I'm a, I, I admit I shop a lot on e commerce. Not so much now because of the son and all. More of it's for him. But when I did, I would like to find the information myself. I don't want to have to wait for someone to answer me. I don't want to have to call in. I don't want to have to do anything like that. So what I'm trying to set up for the new year is I want customers to be able to find the information as easily as possible, but on their own. So they don't have to wait for responses. So they don't have to inconvenience themselves to write an email or call in and wait on hold or, or wait for someone to find an answer for them. I want to have, I want to provide them the answers they're looking for proactively. Proactive customer experience is the way that I want to be. It's hard because, you know, you're always behind because customers you know, they, they know how to find things or defects within your products that not necessarily everyone else does. Once they do, though, I want my team to adapt and be moving forward past that so we have, you know, an answer for them, a resolution, so that the next people don't have to ask those questions. They don't have to endure the wait time. I want them to have the answers in front of them, get it, 
and enjoy the product moving forward. That's what I view customer experience to be within the next, you know, one to two years. I know that companies are using AI for chat to kind of like grow, uh, learn from from what customers are saying. And that that leads me to one of my experiences I had uh, last night was with an AI chat. They mm-hmm. they didn't openly say it, but I can tell because I, I review live chat chats all day with my team. I go yeah. over and review theirs. And I could see that when I would say certain things that would normally get a reaction out of a human, the AI wasn't able to do it. And mm. it showed and it's a it's a, it shows a lack we of We really empathy. don't like it. We really don't no. like it. No, I, like, I, 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 really... I, I I do think and I'm probably not gonna make any friends here, but I do think <laughs> sometimes that the chat bot so like we there's been there was that study, psychological study, that the more human a robot looked the more we distrusted it. Like yeah, we, need, we need to see kind of like, you know, a boxy um, 60s robot for us to go, oh, that's a robot. Exactly. We, can trust, we can trust it to do its robotic duties and exactly. not become something from Skynet or it, anything like that. that. That's what was going through my head. I was like, this is Terminator right now. This guy, this person <laughs> or this AI is just talking to me and trying to assimilate itself as a normal human being. And I, I could tell... Um, I don't know if I should say the company that it was. I'll. Uh, that's I'll, entirely up to you. That is entirely. Okay. Up well, to you, I, I don't work for them, so it was Apple. It was a major company. Oh, Apple. 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 As you can see, I have these headphones in. The, yeah, the, I mean, their, I their would, headphones. You're a bit so of a fanboy. Bit of an <laughs> Apple fanboy. One of their one of the headphones, my right one, has horrible sound quality. It's staticky. It cracks. So I was trying to get a replacement. So um, this is the forty-five minute live chat conversation that I was having, uh, the customer, I mean, the, the, the AI or person who was helping me just took like seven to eight minutes in between each response to get to me. And then I, um, and then there, you have to, to, in order to get a replacement, they need to charge your credit card a hundred dollars. Then when you, once you send this back, then they take the charge off your credit card. And I said, you know, during a pandemic, do you really think it's a great idea to have people spending a hundred dollars just for a replacement when, you know, they're they're obviously having an issue, and she and the person or whatever it was didn't even acknowledge the statement. Didn't oh, acknowledge it at all. Turned deaf. Exactly, and that's where I went. And then I I said I gave it. To, I gave her because her name was Fiona or the AI feedback saying, "Look, um, I do this for a living, and I want to let you know that if you are AI, you need to learn better. If you're not AI, I apologize, but at the same time." You have left me with a very bad experience with your company. Mm. You took this this conversation took forty five minutes. You didn't show any empathy when when it was needed, and you didn't show you didn't react. You completely just ignored some of my statements, and they didn't acknowledge it. Like if someone ever commented when I was doing live chat, "Oh, you sound like a robot," I'd be like, "No, no, 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 I'm not a robot. I'm a real person." But they didn't deny it. They didn't say anything about it. So it just goes to show mm. that you know. Wow. There's some issue there. Either it's a human who is in the wrong role without yeah. an ability to converse and communicate authentically, yes. or it's a very bad bot. Exactly. Either way, either way, there's no good way of looking at this one. And that and that's what made me sit back and realize like while while automating things and having, you know, um processes and procedures done uh, automatically via computer or via programs and everything is great. You can't, there's no substitute for genuine human interaction. There's not. 
and and I, I know that that that's the trying concept now is like AI bots. They can learn from the questions being asked and and so on and so forth. I don't believe that you can get a genuine sense of conversation and empathy from that. I think that you will always need to talk to somebody, no matter if it's on the phone or via live chat, that can understand what you're going through. Because say I was super frustrated and I and I let it show through my and they weren't receptive of it. How, imagine being on a live chat and someone just ignoring your ignoring ignoring sorry ignoring how you feel and and you're and you're telling them like I'm frustrated and they just blank faced. Imagine just. Typing away, or, or, or sounds like in, sounds like ninety percent of voice of customer platforms around the world. Sorry, exactly. <laughs> that, and and that's and that's what it really got me thinking. Like I'm pr- I'm more proud of my team than I thought I was because I read through the comments, I read through the chats, yeah. and it really shows a sense of person when they communicate with customers. And the the issue it's last night was gift. It's such a gift. The, exactly. the customer decides to share its time, his or her time, their yep. time, to provide some insight into the success or failure of your company. I mean, that is exactly. gold. Exactly, and that's the that's what you need. You need that to learn, and you need that to grow as a company. And mm. I mean, granted, Apple probably doesn't care about what I feel or anything. I'm I'm on a Mac computer. I have the headphones in. I have an iPhone. They've got me. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's eye-opening to see that these major corporations, major companies just have a lack of, of, of caring when it comes to those, to those specific things that need, that need the caring that's supposed to be there. They need to, yeah. sh- to, you need to have a great experience with companies. You do. I mean, granted, if you have products like Apple does that people will buy them no matter what, it, it's a little easier to do. But if you're a growing company and you have a, you're trying to establish yourself in the market, you need to really portray something unique and different from your competitors. And that's what brings me to my company. And that's what I try to do. I try mm. to differentiate ourselves from, you know, the garments, the Apple, everything else, because I want people to know that we're unique both on the customer service level or customer experience level, but also, you know, through, um, through product wise and everything like that, if we can get a product working for a customer and they're, and they're ecstatic about it, they're happy about it, they leave a great review. That's a job well done for us. And that's what I, that's what I want. I want, especially, our- especially if you can find a replicable problem or a recognizable yes. problem that you can guarantee that you can fix 100% exactly. of the time. Well, they're the problems. That, that's proactive experience management right there. Exactly. And that's what my goal is. And that's why um, when we were talking about Black Friday before we started recording, mm. I'm having my team go through the known issues that are with the new products. Like, you know, there's glitches in, in some tech products that firmware updates and, and OTA updates will, will remedy but they're just not available yet. So what I'm having my team do is work with the developers of the app and the watches. And they've been, we've been told what the main issues are per the new device. And we're creating macros and troubleshooting steps to get ahead of that. So as we were talking about Black Friday, that um, the purchasing and the sales went great. So you know a lot of people bought. What, what comes up in a month? Christmas. And that's when the most of the presents will be opened. Devices will be tried on and turned on. And that's when the that's when customers will may have issue. So we're trying to get ahead of that. We're trying to get those remedies and those resolutions set in stone so that when we do have that, a customer can reach out and in one email, we can remedy their issue and they can get back to enjoying not only their device, 
but their day. So they don't have to wait around and, and, and be inconvenienced with how do I get this to connect or why won't it, it get my text messages or anything like that. I don't want that for my customers. I want my customers satisfied from jump, but if they're not from the from the second they receive it, I want them to be you know super happy with the experience they have after they've had to reach out to us. Mm. I see a massive growth opportunity across the customer experience world for the embrace the for embracing the concept of customer success that's been growing yes. in the tech world, where they the really good ones realize that. They need to help people succeed in getting an outcome. So not just the traditional customer service in the tech world where it was about, you know, failed downloads, you know, just getting it on the system. This is about actually getting people so that they're achieving transformational outcomes with the products or services that they're achieving. Not all of them. You know, some customer <laughs> success teams are literally about how do we get you to just use it a few times so that we can, yeah. we can get our user numbers up. Um, but the, the really good ones, they're actually fine. Like, what are you trying to achieve? What are you trying to go with this? Like if you're, a, if you're competing against Garmin, I buy a Garmin for golf and that'll be really the last that I hear about Gar- from Garmin unless I'm, I've got a problem. Exactly. Whereas it would be lovely to hear from those manufacturers hint, hint, for uh, ideas about how I can get even more out of my product, about how I can use that product to achieve the goals, to affirm the goals that I originally set out for. That's, that's ext- if we can extend our influence further into the relationship. Yep. I mean, surely, it's, it's, all, all, it's all about relationships, right? Really, yep. it's even technology. It's, all- it's, it's made us able to have better or more authentic, or it should be making us able to have more authentic relationships at scale as opposed to distance ourselves from the human aspect. I 100% agree. Um, you know, I, I've been working on a customer defect report uh, that outlines, you know, the amount of, of defects that we've had throughout the past year. It's a year-long report. It's, only, it's almost taken me probably three or four months to do. Um, but it, it goes to, to listening to our customers. That's the first aspect is to listen. We need to listen to what their issues are, to listen what the most to listen to what the issues are per product and, and, and then per issue and then see how we go about fixing it and then letting the customers know that we have gone above and beyond to remedy this for them. We've, you know, we've done this for them. We've listened to them. And that's why, you know, I, I take real real pride in the way that my team responds to reviews on, you know, the uh, on the Google Play Store, the Apple App Store. Um, any any place where we receive reviews, we always respond to them because we want to help. We want our customers to know that we're not only here for a sale. We're not only care about the fact that you bought our thing. We want you to know that we're here for you after the fact. We want you to know that if you have an issue, we we will we will go down every avenue to not only receive that issue but to help you out with it. And what you said about having, uh, you know, if Garmin was to reach out and say, oh, what can we do to improve? We're actually learning at doing that with our customers now. Once we go through, uh, you know, uh, we've already been through Black Friday. Once we go through Christmas and we get uh, into the new year, we're going to start, you know, 
trying to reach out to customers that either had a bad experience, first of all, and find out more information as to why they did if it was they were unhappy with the product or the product didn't function as they thought it would. It, it needed more instructions. They needed a better manual, so on and so forth. Or if they're if they're happy with it, but there's something they would like to add, let us know because we work for them. We want them to know that, you know, we listen to you. We will apply whatever you're letting us we're telling us because we want to make our products you know, fit what you're looking for, not fit what we want to sell. We want to work for our customers. We want our customers to know that our company works for them in the way, in the way that they're satisfied with anything and everything that comes out because they've had an, they've had a part in telling us what they want. Isn't it, isn't it the same as every human to human relationship? Like we like to be, involved connected with people who aren't more about themselves than us like we, we'd like to be with generous people we'd like to be loyal to yeah people who are generous with their attention and we like to and that's what makes us good friends with the people that we're not thinking about how do how do we win in this situation and yet and yet so many businesses have that mentality it's yeah it's uh, it's, it's, it's Oh, it's the old, it's the old way of thinking. Um, you know, when I first got into customer experience about ten years ago, uh, my close friends at the time were, were very, you know, oh, all you do is answer emails and phone calls all day. And um, and once I got into like explaining exactly what it is that I do, they uh, they took a step back because they the old perception of customer experience is that it's like call center answering calls, you know, dealing with issues. Now it's about, you know, building strategy and building a department that, you know, while customer experience isn't a money-making department per se, it's a money-saving department. What we're there for is to make sure that the return numbers are low, we can resolve the issues to, to you know, deflect returns and keep customers satisfied, but also make sure that everything else is running on time. We, we need to make sure that, you know, the apps are running the reviews are running, and that everyone is getting a response as soon as possible. It's There's a lot of thinking and planning and strategizing that go into customer experience nowadays that I don't think was there in the past. I think in the past it was, you know, get them in and out the door as fast as possible. You know, um, there uh, uh, was a very transactional mindset. I mean, people exactly. are still moving from that transactional mindset. Exactly, like, and I think that the people that are are a little behind the times. I think that you need to... You need to uh, you need to get with it because customers are going to realize that this company only cares about the the dollar signs on a spreadsheet. They don't care about me, and that's but what you, I. We can't blame them when you think about oh, no. how our businesses are being educated. I'm yeah. going to take a swipe here at the at like MBAs, which are generally um, focused on the brand economy, maybe the service economy, but very few people are coming out of um, MBAs with an understanding of what it takes to grow a business in the experience economy or what customer centricity might look like. It's much more how can they fit into the old corporate way, the traditional corporate way of doing things. Exactly. So like one of my past uh, past positions was, so as I mentioned in my, in my in my intro, I've seen the best and worst of customer experience. Where I was working, uh, I won't. Uh, I'll say the name. It doesn't matter. Shreds. It was a it was a supplement company that really cornered the market on Instagram marketing. They were a huge company back in like 2014, 15. Big brand. Really big, big brand. brand. They, well, they gave the perception that they were a big brand. Sure. They 
there, there but were they traded small... in that brand economy. They traded exactly. in that brand economy where we wanted to be associated with brands. Yes. That was a real key yes. driver for us. Exactly. So when, when I got to work there, I, I saw the inner workings of what a company that only cares about the dollars and not the customer experience. Um, they were, you know, they had weird policies about refunds and back order issues nonstop, and they didn't. They would just keep selling on the website, never marked anything as sold out. You weren't allowed to tell customers that things were sold out, and that is that gave me the perception of like, wow, this is exactly the opposite of how you know I would do my CX department. And and one of my goals is to ha- be a director of customer experience. I, th- I think with a couple more years of experience, I think I'll be at that point. Not there yet. I'll self-admit that. I'm not there, but I want to be there. And I have the drive and the, and the uh, work ethic to get there, but I'm not there yet. But in saying that, I have seen what that does to customers. What that company did to their customers and the way that I had to, you know, talk people through things over the phone on a daily basis or live chat or email. It was something that really, you know, showed me this is not it where companies are. This is not the company that should be doing this kind of customer experience. There's customer experience should be a, a rewarding aspect for a customer. It should be, you know, they, they come to you with an issue, reward them with the resolution and the fact that they are pleased with their product and your company. This was not it. Send them was, away feeling a little bit better, please. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Send them away like they've accomplished something. Yeah, Let them, yeah just improve their life. Don't, don't, exactly. Don't, don't send them away after they've spent their most precious of resource time telling you about what the situation is. I mean, there's so few, there's a lot of people that just won't even tell you. It'll just be, they'll just turn into, oh my God, this, this is rubbish. I'm not even, they'll, they'll have had bad experience in other customer service and customer experience teams. And they won't even think that they can, they can get it. Uh, get exactly. It's so important. It's such a vital part of the experience. It is. And I, and, I, and I think that that company, if they would have made like better financial decisions and they would have, you know, uh, put an emphasis on, caring about the customer more so than you know, like the dollar signs and, and, and appearing to be a much bigger company than they were. I think that there was a lot to gain there if they would have gone about it the right way. Um, we had plenty of loyal followers, loyal customers that no matter if they were back ordered, every time they purchased, they would still continue to purchase because it was the brand they wanted to be associated with. Just like you, just like you said, brand recognition. And, um, and unfortunately it, it wasn't that. And I, I took away from that position um, a, a lot of, I learned a lot of empathy and patience from that position because of having, I don't know if you've ever dealt with somebody that was promised they'd lose 30 pounds in 30 days, but you know, and they're getting ready for their wedding in five months, but they're back ordered for two months. I don't know if you've ever experienced speaking to, you know, an individual for a day on a daily basis for a month straight about that. I have. And, um, it really <laughs> showed me that, uh, there's two ways to go about customer experience. There's either the corporate way where, you know, you're all about, you know, following procedure, getting customers in and out as soon as possible, helping, I mean, resolving an issue, getting them out the door or, or you know, whatever it is, or creating an experience that will invite them to come back. will invite them to come back in a positive way, not just complain. And I really think that, you know, companies need to adjust the way their mindset is because if you can create that experience for a customer that that's a welcoming, you know, empathetic relationship where they can come to you when they have an issue and they can trust that you'll get it resolved for them and they and that they'll be satisfied and leave with a great with a with a happy feeling, I think that changes the world for customers. And I think that is 
plenty of organic growth that you can get from just word of mouth and social media posts and, and reviews online. And I don't think enough companies do I it now. I think there'll be even, it's going to be even more important moving forward. I mean, you think there's a whole, we've, up till now, e-commerce has been popular, the e-commerce universe has been populated with digital natives, generally, in the majority of cases. We kind of, we know our way around. I'm not even sure that I took that much notice of reviews prior to this year. Yeah. This year, you've got all these people that are doing a lot more spending. They're, they're taking more risk. They're putting more money into the e-commerce universe. And so they're, 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 coming, they're realizing now that they can read reviews before making a comment. There's, there's virtual retail startups that have just come out of nowhere in the last um, couple of months that are now democratizing access to gorgeous Louis Vuitton style retail environments, <laughs> but in a virtual environment or whatever your, your brand might be. But that, that, that's even the brand, even branding and the experience is going to become homogenized when, when it can be um, tech uh, technology. And it will also, the people that, that, that embrace it in the wrong way will have a homogenized digital maybe an untrusting experience, whereas those that use it to harness human connectivity at scale, they're the ones that are... That are we, name another part of our life where we give loyalty to people that we don't connect with. We just exactly, don't. exactly. And how do you ever expect people to trust you when, you know, they go to your reviews and they're awful and they, they, don't, you, they don't even see that you respond to them? If you're not, if you're neglecting your reviews and, and letting just people, you know, you're not trying to help those people, why would somebody choose you? I, I've done a lot of research on this and it's, it, it's, it's been a proven fact. There's a lot of um, different uh, articles. I'll be happy to share them with you after this that show too. that, that um, the more that you respond to, to negative reviews as well as positive reviews, yes, positive reviews need to be responded to. It's if it's only a, a thank you and we appreciate it. That's that that goes a long way for customers that show the interaction and the and the the want and need for for feedback, whether it's positive or negative. But if you respond to negative reviews and, and you're giving not only are you giving answers to their issue within the review response, you're helping out the community as a whole at that time. You're showing that you care. You're showing that you have the ability to to help these customers without even having them reach out. They're leaving a review. You're giving them the answer that they're looking for. And then now anybody else who has that identical issue can go here, see the answer, fix it themselves, and then leave a positive review. Then leave a positive review and then say, look, I got help from this community board because this company responds accurately and, and, and in an adequate amount of time to, to resolve issues. And now I trust them. I trust them because they've given me the answer that I needed. And it wasn't even to me directly. It was to somebody else that they were helping. And I just happened to see it and experience the same issue that yeah. goes so far when, when customers reach out and, and they say, you know, for the initial, for the initial review, all, you know, you guys asked me to reach out because you needed more information. We give, we solve the, the issue via email. They'll go back and change the review and say their customer experience is wonderful. They had me, you know, they, it, they, they resolved my issue immediately. Um, here's what happened. And then they'll give the, the, the play by play of what their issue was and how it's fixed. And then right then and there you have community engagement, which is something that you, that, that you can't push. It has to want, it has to do it on its own. And it's, it's something great to see. And it really does. It's a sign of, of a great company when, when people interact, not on the website and to interact on a, on a, 
on a platform that doesn't have to do with the company itself. If your company is getting spoken about and, and, and discussed on a on a completely separate platform in a positive light, it's a really great thing for your company. Right. Uh, psycholo- psychologically and neuroscientifically speaking, it's an absolute winner as well. There's this thing called, I don't know if you've, you've come across it, the peak end theory, where basically they're in an experience, you remember two things. You remember the peak, and usually the best or the worst, and you remember the end of the experience. So, for instance, let's imagine you're going to a hotel for the weekend and you're going to the beach. It's okay, and, um, you know, good first day. Second day, you have organised a, um, a, a date on the beach with your wife with champagne, assuming you, that, that you drink champagne, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm not offending you. Um, no. You can never be too careful. Um, have some rose, you know, rose petals scattered, scattered, and it's all, it's all fantastic. Have you done this already? Have you? No, 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 no. Unfortunately, not. I, I should. I'm really good at. Um, I need to be better at walking the talk. All right. Well, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to you after this about some ideas I can have for my wife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then so that's great. But at the end of the the weekend, you're stuck in a queue with a rude customer service representative who's overstressed who is treating you as if you're just somebody who's had a transaction with them as opposed to a valued member now unfortunately unless if that's if that bad experience is worse than the high you're only going to remember that bad experience and you're also going to doubly remember it because it's right at the end like even if you've had a wonderful experience those two things the peak and the end are the only real two takeaways that you think it's what proves like with cars but and it's very applicable to to your industry and every industry with high value low volume clients your service sells your next product Exactly, and, it, and 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 even now in this digital world, it's how you service everyone else that might mean how I even transact with you in the first place because of that prosumer aspect. And then, and then it depends on how visible those interactions are. Say you have an interaction with a customer. I, I've actually had this with with a previous company. Is they leave a, they leave, they had a bad experience. They left a bad review. You go in and try to answer it. And instead of emailing you in or are trying to privatize the conversation, they go, they want to go back and forth through the review. Like that's the way that you can identify a a pain point that needs to be resolved. And it has to be resolved in public at that point. Yeah. yeah, Don't ever, don't ever do that. Please DM me and let's go through it because everyone who's watching is going, what's in that DM? What could that be? Exactly. And and I mean that that's about the the worst turn you can make when you're when you're uh, dealing with public replies, unless it's unless it's a, a specific issue that you know you need more information or you need personal information from the customer. Like I, I need to look up your order, what's your name and, and and email and stuff like that. That privatized, go to DM. But if it's an issue that you know you have a remedy to, solve it right then and there. Don't take it to don't take it privately because all you're doing is leaving people with assumptions, and uh, everyone knows what assuming does. I'm not going to say it, <laughs> but everybody knows what assuming. Does. Everyone knows. Oh, everyone exactly. knows exactly. Hey, I know that you're a hey, you're a busy dad as well. I know you're <laughs> short. Uh, you're short on time this evening. I wanted to say, Greg, thank you so much for sparing such a generous portion of your evening with us. Before you go. What for for those that are listening and want to reach out to you or want to know more about you? What's you know what what who how should they reach out and what would you like to who would you like to hear? From? I would 
look, I would love to hear from everybody. I'd love to hear from professionals that are in CX for either guidance or that need guidance or would like, you know, an opinion or to, to do anything. Another goal of mine is, um, you know, I, I want to be, I want to have my own CX consulting firm. So I'm happy to lend an ear to, to if you're having issues with, with you know, any type of, of, of staffing issues or you have a team issue or you're looking to, to grow your team or you're looking to automate processes or create, you know, a help center. I've created my entire company's help center. Um, I, I'm here to help. That's what I love to do. That's what got me into customer experience is critical thinking and helping others. Um, my father always tells me I should be in sales because I have the gift of gab. Uh, I tell him I'd rather solve problems than create problems. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm here at, at all times. You can look me up on LinkedIn. It's uh, Greg Sanchez. American Exchange Group is the company I work for. I know there's a lot of Greg Sanchez's on there, but uh, feel free to to link in with me and uh, yeah, let's let's talk all things CX. I'm I'm here for it. You know, I'm uh, I am I'm happy to advance or or be advanced by any types of uh, insight possible. Well, well, I can't wait to see where you and I explore together the the world of CX. I've I've got a yes. feeling that those are going to be some fun adventures. So, thanks I once again. Um, have a wonderful Christmas and uh, and holiday season to you and your family. And thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. This is this is awesome. I had a great time. Uh, you're a, you're a great individual. I look. I'm, it's <laughs> thank so you awesome very much. to have met you. you too, bro. It's so awesome to have met you, and I'm happy that we got to do this. Cool. More to come. Thanks a lot, Greg. Take care. Bye-bye. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you for listening today. I hope you got some really solid value out of the conversation. If you did get some value, please consider subscribing using any of the links below. We are on all major podcast platforms. And feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or via our website, www.halftimeorange.co.nz. Look forward to speaking with you next time.